and Lyft and Uber in that coverage. Hey, Gala, welcome back to the show. Walk me through what's most important here from uh, a pretty complex uh, report to some degree. I mean, a lot of different metrics. What stands out to you? Oliver, yeah, a little bit more complex than usual. Uh, I mean, obviously, the, the story's been pretty complex over the last uh, year yeah. and a half. Um, yeah, the, the environment's getting better. Demand has been really strong. July was the strongest month since the beginning of COVID. Um, to me, the most important thing out of all of this is they hit EBITDA profitability uh, for the first time ever. They did it um, at a demand level that was 40% below their peak. Uh, they expect to continue to be EBITDA profitable uh, on an ongoing basis, and they expect to be EBITDA profitable for the year which is well above uh, where consensus was, which was at a negative 150 million. Um, those are the things that are the most important. Where, while the stock's down today and where investors are getting caught up was around language um, about you know continuing to spend on driver incentives to bring more drivers onto the network um, and in, in an effort to actually lower prices next quarter, um, which is where, where Lyft wants to be. Um, Prices have been too high, wait times have been too long, and they want to bring more drivers in um, at, and at a pace ahead of where demand is so they can normalize uh, normalize their marketplace you know, back to where it was historically. And, and that's, that's where investors are getting caught up today. Igal, when uh, they talk about that profitability and adjusted basis versus the gap, can you give us some details on what the difference is? What are those adjustments? Because they're really excited about this number. Should we be appreciating this as much as they are the adjusted earnings? Uh, yeah, I mean, to, to a certain degree, uh, net income profitability is the, the ultimate goal always on a gap basis. Uh, but this is a, a big step forward. Um, you know, this uh, on a adjusted EBITDA basis is certainly closer to uh, kind of a cash flow metric, which which is positive. They're going to be generating positive cash flow going forward. Um, you know, the, the the big difference is just you know adding back stock comp and 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 DNA um, to get to that adjusted number. It's it's a big step forward, and, and I think given where we are demand-wise versus their peak and reaching profitability on an EBITDA basis here. It is a step forward. Investors have wanted to see this uh, basically since Lyft and Uber went public, um, and we're seeing it now, and I think it is critical. Now, Igal, when we look at the trade-off between the price uh, on the rides and then the scale, how will Lyft and Uber differ in their approach here on how much they're willing to raise those prices? Well, well, we'll have to see what Uber talks about tonight in terms of pricing. Again, for, for the last at least three months, a, a little bit longer, prices have been too high. Um, you know, a, a kind of key, key wording on the earnings call last night, um, Lyft, Lyft said for now, uh, riders are willing to kind of look, look past the fact that prices are higher and that, that, that they have to wait longer for rides. And I think what Lyft wants to do is it, it's get ahead of that. I think they, they understand that um, if people are paying two to three times what they what they typically have in the past for rides and, and they're waiting two to three times longer, that's not a great experience. Um, and they want to get that back to, to where where things were. And ultimately, that means that the marketplace is, is in better equilibrium. Um, and, and that will help Lyft capture more of the demand that comes back into the market. And the, the people that, you know, will say, you know, hey, like this, this ride is too expensive. 
uh, I'll, I'll walk or I'll take a cab or, or I'll take a, a subway. Hmm. Um, and, and I think that's the goal here. And I think that's a positive. It's a smart thing that they're doing. And Igala, both these uh, stocks uh, your team likes right now outperform ratings on uh, Lyft and Uber. Uh, what are the risks uh, that you see? Is it just deeper economic contraction or a backstep in the economy? It seems like this point of the report right here is that if everything goes okay with the economy, they've shored up finally the finances in a way that we can understand your point about cash flow positivity. So is the only risk here a macro side? For Lyft, yeah, I think right now the, the biggest lift, the, the, the biggest uh, risk, excuse me, would be, uh, you know, if the Delta variant leads to shutdowns and closures and, you know, people are spending more time at home again. Um, you know, a, a similarly along that, but um, maybe a less broad would also be uh, what we're starting to see in terms of office closures or office reopenings kind of getting pushed back a little bit. Um, you know, if that if that doesn't come back the way people expect and if business travel doesn't come back the way people expect just stemming from delta and COVID rising again um that would be the risk for lyft that would be the risk for uber as well uh, on the other hand uber also has um, uber eats which is kind of the opposite right if if we are if we do continue to reopen and people continue to go out to eat and, and do other things uh the the food delivery business has seen a huge surge in growth over COVID and in a normalized environment, there's a risk that that business can slow down significantly for the remainder of this year.